0: You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, March 3rd. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The Alaska House of Representatives passed a resolution to protect southeast Alaska's troll fishery on Wednesday. Joint House Resolution 5 calls for state and federal agencies to defend Alaska's troll fisheries from a lawsuit that seeks to hold them accountable for the decline in killer whales in the Puget Sound area. The legislation passed on a 35-to-1 vote. Representative Dan Eastman, serving District 10 in Anchorage, was the only no-vote. The complainant is the Wild Fish Conservancy, a conservation organization based in Washington. Their official position is that terminating southeast king salmon troll fishery might allow Chinook salmon to migrate back down the coast through key hunting grounds of the southern resident killer whales. The resolution to protect Alaska's troll fishery was introduced by freshman representative Rebecca Himshute of Sitka, who sits on the House Special Committee on Fisheries. Many of the region's local governments have passed similar resolutions opposing the lawsuit, including Petersburg, Wrangell, Ketchikan, Sitka, and Juneau. While test scores for Sitka's students are generally better than the statewide average, one disturbing trend has continued. Alaska Native students in the Sitka schools are consistently testing lower than non-Natives. How to effectively respond was the subject of intense discussion when the Sitka School Board convened at the a and Founders Hall on Wednesday. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
1: For years, it was called the Achievement Gap, this ongoing disparity between Alaska Native students and other racial cohorts in the schools. But the problem has continued so long that educators have recognized that it's not about ability, it's about opportunity. Sitka School Board President Blossom Teal Olson is in raised in Fairbanks. She explained what a lack of opportunity meant during her student years.
0: I was um, asked to go into gifted and talented classes, but they only were after school, and you needed a ride home, and that was a big barrier for many of the students who should have been in gifted and talented um, classrooms. A lot of our parents were not able to come and pick us up, up after school. There were not buses to bring us home. There were not supports to allow us to give us that chance.
1: The discussion of the opportunity gap came during the board's annual public hearing on Impact Aid, a federal program for schools serving children on Indian lands. Jewel LeBlanc, the cultural director for Sitka Schools, and Chukan Lucretia Brady, director of the Sitka Native Education Program, or SNEP, used the results of recent standardized testing to illustrate the persistence of the opportunity gap. Student board member Felix Myers challenged the testing data, suggesting that all kids, regardless of ethnicity, had little incentive to give their best effort on standardized tests. LeBlanc responded that even factoring variables like student effort, the data were revealing.
0: What's so telling to me the question I am asking myself why is
2: then Alaska Native American Indian students consistently performing lower? If everybody is showing up, kind of not doing the test their best,
3: why are we seeing across every single data point that Alaska Native American Indian students are always lower?
1: Board member Tristan Gavon has worked in the education department of the Sitka tribe of Alaska for 10 of the last 12 years. He saw a web of interrelated problems and barriers contributing to the gap. All of them, he said, have been going on for a long time. Native students
4: are less likely to be gifted and talented or AP classes, less likely to have opportunities for dual enrollment, CTE concentrators, more likely to receive out-of-school suspensions, and less likely to go on to post-secondary education. So it's not just the achievements, it's those opportunities.
1: Gavon drilled further into the problem. He thinks it's systemic and not the fault of students or teachers. He wanted to see transformational change.
4: These aren't student ability gaps. These are gaps in the district being able to serve those students in the best way possible. And so I want that to be very clear that that this is on us as a district to improve and on us as a community and a
1: state. Part of that change, Gavon believes, is a renewed emphasis on cultural education, like SNEP, the Sitka Native Education Program. When you look at the evidence,
4: Native students who have the opportunity to learn their heritage language and their culture, they end up performing better than their peers in math, English language arts, everything. It's not just culture, right? It's about the identity. It's about knowing yourself, about how you fit. It's about that confidence that translates into better test scores and better outcomes. You know, so again, we need to support the cultural program. We need to ensure it has all the resources that it needs to do its job effectively and close these gaps.
1: Board member Melanie Board shared that view. She didn't think that the board should acknowledge the problem and then step away. She wanted the board to step in.
0: This isn't for SNAP just to solve by themselves. There's something going on in our system that is not allowing our Native children to reach their potential and it's a community issue it's the school district issue you know systems, processes to change and this cannot be just on Patricia and jewel and their staff and so i'm i'm up for the task of trying to find out how can we give our native students the love support the connection meeting their basic needs so that they don't have those learning gaps that, you know, there's not that disproportionality. It's just unacceptable.
1: The Sitka School Board's federal impact aid hearing concluded without any members of the public stepping forward to comment. One actionable idea emerged from the hearing, however, possibly expanding the alternative education program at Pacific High as far down as sixth grade, since Native Alaskan students had proven to be very receptive to the model. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: Discussions on slugs and mushrooms abounded in Petersburg last weekend. For the first time in four years, a group of farmers, scientists, and entrepreneurs gathered in person for the Southeast Alaska Farmer Summit. Every other year, a different community hosts the event. KFSK's Shelby Herbert reports.
2: Dozens of people from all over the United States crowd the aisles of the Petersburg Lutheran Church. Countless others attend virtually on Zoom. They've come to share resources and best practices on farming in the cold, rainy climate of Southeast Alaska. Rain-loving slugs are especially challenging for regional growers. Casey Reichardt is a researcher from Oregon State University. His Friday slug identification workshop brought in a huge crowd.
4: I recently found out that slug slime is a liquid crystal. And so is human, we And my next thought was, what then is a booger?
2: <laughs> the Southeast Alaska Farmers Summit has grown a lot since it began in Petersburg in 2015. That first year, it was a two-day event with only about 35 participants. Now, there's about 100 people attending in person. Jonathan Rubo and Lucette Hagen are two of them. It was their first time in Petersburg. Rubo says the gathering presented him with a lot of food for thought on composting.
1: So my big challenge is, is tapping into the waste stream as a resource to provide for farmers and growers and so you know trying to divert that waste from the landfills, transfer stations and make that available for locals.
2: O'Hagan works as a commercial lender, but aspires to become a farmer herself. She says she learned about how challenging it is for Southeast Alaska farmers to secure the funds to build their business.
0: And from the family farm perspective, it's probably financing streams, so just letting people know that credit unions are available to help them with financing needs.
2: Weyanga Angie Mendbayar traveled to Petersburg from Juneau for the conference. She stayed in one of the cannery bunkhouses for the weekend. It was an affordable option for some of the participants.
3: I guess I'm just getting a first-hand rural Alaska experience. Yeah, yeah. Like For two nights, I couldn't get good sleep because there's no heat.
2: Mendbayar came for the mushrooms. She has her own startup for mushroom products and gave a presentation on a recent USDA mushroom study.
3: Yeah, I had a little mushroom farm but my cultivator is moving out of state so um, my goal is how can I bring more access to these local foods and can I make them into something that they can eat or I make uh, reishi treats and reishi roibus drinks and like just being creative with what I can make with small farm products.
2: For over a decade, Men Bayar has worked in environmental research and activism. She's interested in replacing single-use packaging and other types of plastic waste with biodegradable materials derived from mushrooms. She says Southeast Alaska is a particularly exciting place to explore these ideas.
3: You know, all these trees and forests we see, we live in a fungal heaven. Their roots are connected with mycelium through mycorrhizal network. We don't see them in our eyes, but it's everywhere. The spores are in the air. You know, the roots are connecting underneath us. So when you walk into the forest, it feels you through their like nervous system, which is fungus. And mushroom gives me hope.
2: The Southeast Alaska Farmers Summit was funded by the U.S. Department of Agriculture and dozens of regional nonprofits. The next summit won't be held for at least another year. In Petersburg... I'm Shelby Herbert.
0: Taking a look at the community calendar. Sitka Tribal Enterprises holds a job fair 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. today at the Sitka Kwan Nakahiti. Summer, seasonal, and full-time positions are available. Portable Southeast, a traveling gallery exhibit, holds an opening from 3 to 8 p.m. today at the Harbor Mountain Tasting Room. The exhibit features 25 works from artists all across southeast Alaska and is on display through March 30th. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.